All right, let's welcome Pastor Joe to the stage and Brian Elmer. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you all see us in the back there? Good. You can move up. There's seats empty up here. All right. So, who does not have an outline? Keep your hands up. Guys, can we get some outlines distributed here? Put your hands up so they can see it. It'll help you out tremendously if you have an outline right over there. For those of you that have not been here, maybe this is maybe you're new to a Wednesday night. We uh, we are using the format tonight where we have an outline available for you, and um, you're allowed to ask questions. Amen. Wow, that went over real big. I'll say it again in case you were yawning when I said it. You're allowed to ask questions, and that always throws people like, what do you mean? I thought this was church, and I'm not supposed to. Uh, it is church. It's important for us to learn. We're to study to show ourselves approved. Amen. We're, we're, to be, we're to learn how to rightly divide, how to rightly discern, how to rightly interpret the word of God. And so sometimes you need a format like this because um, so many times when a person might not understand something, they'll go home and because they don't understand it, oh man, I feel a teaching coming on here. Because they don't understand it, um, they're open to speculating in their own minds. So it's important for us to know the word of God, to know exactly what the spirit of God wants to... um, impart to us and understand that these words they are spirit and they are life amen? amen and so spiritual things are caught spiritually and so we're a combination of as believers we're to be a combination of the word of God and the spirit of God amen so the word of God brings us information the spirit of God gives us revelation and illumination on that word amen amen, amen. so um, I, you have your outlines. God bless you. Um, we, we got a little ways through the outline last Wednesday. And, and in this format now, we're not rushing. Amen? Amen? We're taking our time. It's better for us to take our time and for people to understand than for us to rush through something. There's no, um, there's no immediate need for us to finish this at a specific time. Amen. Now, the topic that we're discussing and we're, we're, we're learning about on these Wednesday night uh, meetings is the subject of faith. Now, faith, the subject of faith, understanding how faith operates, understanding the mechanics of faith is extremely important. Because what ends up happening is when a person doesn't understand anything about faith, or you think faith is just this automatic thing, then you don't comprehend what you accomplish. I'm, I'm saying if you're already born again, how did you get born again? By grace through faith. So if you're not sure of the mechanics of it, then you won't really know what you did when you said that prayer and made that declaration of faith um, that you believed in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You were willing to confess that, to declare it with your mouth, and you declared by faith that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he did come to this earth to die on the cross for our sins, paying for our sins, so that the power of sin could be broken off of us. Amen? Amen. So that we would be restored to the Father. So he came to this earth, died on the cross, suffered a horrible death in our place. We should have suffered the death that he did. Amen. Amen? And then God raised him again from the dead so that we could have hope for the future, that someday we'll be resurrected from the dead. Amen? And in a sense, we're resurrected when we receive Christ. We step into eternity. Amen? We cross over that threshold, never to to have to be fearful of death any longer. Amen? Amen. So we're going to pick up here 
Um, and if you remember last week, one of the major points that we wanted to make, and I, I hope we made it, is the fact that the, uh, the force of faith, or we could say the principle of faith, uh, has been given to mankind for us, and pay attention to this now, for us to overcome the adversities that came upon this planet when the curse came on this planet. Now, you remember, God did not create this planet cursed. God did not create the Garden of Eden cursed. But when Adam and Eve sinned and turned against God, curse came upon the earth. That was a natural result. Okay? So now, God in his mercy did not turn away from us and say, well, you made your bed, sleep in it, that's it. Now just suffer the results of, of, of the curse of being upon the earth. No, he gave us faith. He gave us promises for us to put our faith in so that we could overcome every adversity that comes upon us as a result of Adam and Eve's sin and turning against God. Does that make sense? So you understand now why faith is extremely important because it's not just about having faith to receive salvation. It's not just about having faith to declare Jesus Christ the Lord over our lives. It's about having faith in order to operate on this earth and for us to live on this earth in such a way that we bring glory to the Lord God, the Lord God to Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. You got that? Amen. Amen. So, Romans chapter 12, verse 3, the Apostle Paul wrote, remember, remember we're talking about here, God in his mercy left one thing behind on the earth, not just one thing, but this one important thing. In man's heart, he deposited the seed of faith, okay? For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, soberly, we could say accurately, we could say even keeled, we could say with truth, okay? As God has dealt to each one, what does it say? Measure of faith. Measure of faith. He's given each one of us measure of faith. Each, listen, each gets the same measure. How do we know that? Because God is no respecter of persons. He's not going to say, well, I like Elsie, so I'm going to give Elsie a triple portion of faith. I'm not so sure about Brian. I'm going to give him a little bit. No, he gives every single one of us a measure of a seed. Faith comes in a seed form in, in our hearts, okay? What is it capable of? It's enough faith for us to say, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I do believe he died for me. I do believe he rose again from the dead. Amen? Every, every human being that's ever been conceived receives that same measure of faith. Now, once we're born again, and this is a whole other topic and maybe we'll talk about it in the future. It's up to us then at that point to take that measure of faith and exercise it. Cause it to grow. Use it. See it produce. Amen? Amen. So, Hebrews chapter 11. Anybody have a question up until this point? Right here. The gentleman on the front row has a question. So what you're saying is, it, there's not two different faiths, it's the same faith. What, why would there be two faith different faiths? Well, that's, that's the point. Some, a lot of Christians believe there are two different faiths. There's the faith in Jesus, and then there's this other faith, like faith in miracles and faith in healing. But what we're saying, that's the same faith. The same faith, it's just manifesting differently. When we place, when we have, the, our, you're talking about like faith to be saved and then other faith, is, is that what you're talking about? Well, it's the same faith. It's not a couple of different kinds of faith. Oh, I know what you're, because I've heard people talk, well, there's saving grace and then there's uh, standing grace. It's grace. It's still grace. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question, though. It wasn't so much a question as a clarification. Oh, Okay. So, faith is faith. Right. Right. It's the same faith. Now, everybody has faith. 
But is it faith to be saved or faith in something else? What you believe in is what you will manifest. You got that? Right. I mean, you and I had faith that when we walked up on this platform, it wasn't going to collapse. Yes. We operated in faith. Yeah. All right? Cause what, why? Because we've had evidence. We've walked up and down on this platform plenty of times. Yeah. Now, if all of a sudden uh, we step on it and it's a little weak, mm-hmm. that might shake my faith and say, okay, Brian, you go first. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, but, but that's the thing, right? So the faith to get saved is one thing, but... Pastor Jerry was talking about this other faith, the faith to believe for healing or believe for provision. And sometimes, well, most of the time, I think, from what I've seen, that faith grows not just by us exercising ourselves, but it's by connection, by hooking up with somebody else who's been doing it longer than us. So you can see God's track record in, for instance, your life. I can be like, well, I can believe for something like that because I've seen it happen in Pastor Joe's life or Pastor Jerry's life. It's that, it's that, it's that idea of, you have that relationship with God. You have the word that teaches you the track record of God and the lives of the people that came before us. But if someone tells you, that only happened in the Bible 2,000 years ago. Like, no, no, no. I've seen that happen in Pastor Pam's life. I've seen that happen in Pastor Beth's life. That's so good. I know it's true now. That's so good. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And you see, when a person believes that way, um, most of the times it's because they don't really understand what salvation is. All right, salvation is not, when, when you see the word salvation in the New Testament, it's almost always the same Greek word, soteria, okay? Which means not only salvation from going to hell, not only being born again, it covers healing, it covers deliverance, it covers uh, provision in your life, it covers peace, it co- all those things are found in Christ. So why would there need to be a separate kind of faith? Because once you receive him, you receive life. You receive soteria. You receive the God kind of life. And in that is all the other provisions. That's why I have a hard time and don't understand the mindset behind when somebody says, oh, well, you believe in the prosperity gospel. Yeah, because it's part of salvation. Well, you believe in the healing gospel. Yes, because it's part of salvation. Oh, you believe in deliverance. Yes, because it's part of salvation. Oh, you believe in that I can walk in supernatural peace. Yes, because it's part of salvation. Right. When I received him, I received life. Yes. Remember what he said in John 10, 10? The thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy. I came that they, Whatever. us, would have what? Life. life and have it abundance. And really, if you look at the original language, it's hyper, hyper abundance, super abundance. So when you receive salvation, you're receiving the whole package. You're not just receiving just Jesus dying on the cross, so I'm going to go to heaven, but now I'm going to live like hell on the, on the earth. That's where the devil has really trapped some people in religious thinking. Yeah, what, what kind of father would say, one day when you get to heaven, you're going to have an amazing life, but until then, you're on your own. Just figure it out. Exactly. What kind of, like, what, like a natural father would right, that's that. Right, that's not love. It's not abundant life either. No, it's not at all. This idea it's of like, very inferior life. I have to suffer. I have to be poor. I have to, I have to be sick. No, you can if you want to. You can suffer yeah. if you want to. You could be poor if you want to. You could be sick all the time if you want to. You could be depressed all the time if you want to. You could walk around on this earth lacking peace. Okay, you're going to go to heaven if you're born again, but it's a shame that you don't let the born again experience come out and affect all those areas. Because he's in there. He is. He's in there. Oh, man, somebody should shout amen right now. Hallelujah. I'm getting excited just talking about this stuff. Any questions? Someone's going to have a question. Right over here. I love what you said, Brian, about, you know, when, and what you said, Pastor Joe, about That's okay, you can... Your faith. No, because I want to go back to that. First. Exercising your faith, and when we exercise our faith, and other people see that exercise, and we grow, and we share our testimonials, and we see healing miracles right here before our eyes, and things that happen for people, it just grows this. Like, so why aren't we all doing this all the time? Why aren't we all sharing, sharing, sharing? That's I think because we become tolerant of our situation here on earth. We're taught, we're programmed to think. Well, you're going to have hardship. You're going to have 
problems. You're gonna have. Yeah, we are, but I, I can get out of them. I can. I have. There's a way for me to overcome those things. I don't have to stay in it. Amen. Amen. And and God is doing miracles every day. Hey, there's no. There's not a different God in 2023 than there was 4,000 years ago. He's outside of time. He's the same. Jesus Christ, according to Hebrews, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he's the same, then it's impossible for there to be a differentiation between Jesus that manifested on the earth personally and Jesus now who manifests himself through the church by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's it's last Saturday night. I don't know how many people were here last Saturday night. Last Saturday night, at the end of service, we we invited everybody to come up and worship. Now, some of you might remember there was a family, young family, that came and brought their son up here. Actually, their son walked up on the platform, and then they followed him. Justin's Justin's son, Julio. Okay, well, Julio is uh, autistic. Now, I I had known a couple days before that it was going on seven days that he wouldn't eat. Wouldn't drink, wouldn't eat, and he's like, Pastor, I don't know what's, what's affected him. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what's triggered this. So, you know, I said, well, I'm going to keep him in prayer. I kept him in prayer and, uh, you know, kept up in contact with him. And so Saturday night when he came here, um, I could see the expectation in Justin's face, in his father's face. So um, they come up here, and we're just worshiping God. Uh, to my knowledge, I don't remember going over and pray for him, or I don't know that anybody did. Maybe the parents were. All we were doing was worshiping God. Well, it wasn't. We, the service concluded. Everybody dismissed. And. I don't even think I made it in my office, and I got a text message from Justin. He said he ate the first solid food tonight. Went right for the chocolate chip cookies in the lobby. I said, hallelujah, I'll bring you all the chocolate chip cookies you want. He ate chocolate chip cookies, he ate vanilla pudding. When he got home, he drank a whole bottle of iced tea on his own without being told. And then they went and got Wendy's, and he was eating so, so, So the breakthrough came for them. Because they brought their son to church in faith. But the other thing with that is, and that's a whole other thing about the songs that we sing sometimes, but our faith isn't just this thought in our head, right? It has to be released with our words. Absolutely. So when we worship God, when we, when we sing his praise, yeah. when we read the word, like that, that confession, we're, we're speaking out what we believe. Because keeping it up here sometimes, or, or having the belief up here, and speaking something different than what you believe. Oh, man, you're triggering something now. Go ahead. I, I was talking to Brian about a short video that I had watched this morning. Well, it wasn't that short, but whatever. And uh, the guy was talking about the seeds, okay? And a pastor from Chicago, and he was talking about how for decades, in his Bible, he has kept two packages of seeds. One is for strawberries, and the other one was for squash. And he said, and I've done that all these years to, to keep myself reminded, to keep reminding myself and to keep the, the awareness that this word is seed and that it's important for us, if we're going to live a life of faith on this earth, that we need to be planting seeds continuously. But then he stopped and he said something. He said, and just recently I realized I'm holding back the harvest on these seeds because they're not planted They're in the book. Look, look at I got these seeds, and, and, and in a very real sense, yeah. this, is, this is a package of seeds. Amen. This is seed. Amen. But it's got to get planted. Amen. And it's got to get planted in your hearts. Amen. And it's got to get planted. And when God says to plant it in the natural, plant it someplace, plant it. Because seed in your hand doesn't do anything. Amen. I was telling a story recently. I don't remember all the details, but I remember some of it. Many years ago, many years ago, I don't even know how many years the church was in existence. Um, now, some of you know this, that you know, my wife and I went into bankruptcy back in the early 90s, and it took, it took a couple of years to recover, you know, and, but we did, we finally recovered. But it's progressive, okay? And so I remember one time, um, we knew that somebody that was close to us was getting ready to buy a house. And I said to my wife, how much do we have in a savings account? And she said, well, about $3,500. Now, 
$3,500 to you today might not, but that was monumental for us. That was like, whoa, my, my shoulders went back. I went, we got $3,500 in the bank? Okay. So, uh, and I thought about it, and I said to you, you know what? This $3,500, this money is sitting in the bank, and it's, it's good, but it's not enough for what we need. So therefore, this $3,500 is not the provision, then it must be the seed. seed. So I said, let's take 3,000 out of that. I think it was three, or maybe it was 2,500. I don't remember the details. I said, let's give it to these individuals who are getting ready to buy a house. Because it's not doing us much good right now. It's not enough for us to realize our dream. But if we plant it in somebody else's dream, that's operating in faith. And he gives, he gives seed to the sower and bread for food. He gives seed to the sower and bread for food. Now, can you eat bread if you didn't plant the seeds for the flour? No. So what do you do first? you plant seeds or eat the bread? Plant seeds. And some of us walk around going, but I don't have any bread. And where are you going to get the flour to make it? If you don't plant any seeds. Well, when I, when I get the flour, I'll make the bread. Well, how are you going to get the flour if you don't plant the seeds? And he said, he gives seed to the sower. He gives seed. So we have seed. We have seed. Everybody has seed. Everybody has it. Oh, Pastor, you don't know how broke I am right now. No, you have something. Mm-hmm. Pastor Pam, you remember, or uh, maybe Pastor Rick and Jen, you remember when we were at Ramah? Uh, we heard the testimony a few times that when Brother Copeland came to Ramah years before we were there, it was something to do with a pencil. Somebody in the, in the crowd Somebody in the crowd said, all I have is this pencil. And they put it in the... Now, don't go putting offering envelopes with pencils <laughs> out. And they took the pencil and put it in the offering envelope. And by the end of the service... Now, somebody didn't come up with 10 pencils. But somebody came up and blessed that individual and said, the Lord spoke to me. And if I remember correctly, the Lord had spoken to that person exactly the time when that individual was putting a pencil... But then next week, all the students in school started putting pencils in the offering envelopes and put them in there. What happened? The person gave what they had. Every, if for us to say, I don't have anything to give. And I'm not talking about just church. I'm talking about even you, you go out in the supermarket and you see somebody and God puts it on your heart. Hey, um, go pay for that person's groceries. And, and automatically, a person says, I, I don't even have enough for mine. Okay? Take the step of faith. Take the step of faith. Because in order, you, you, I'm not going there, I promise you. Now, we talked about a, a teaching that I'm going to do in the future, and I said, how am I going to keep that out of tonight? Because doing good so far. I'm doing good, I'm going to do it. It's going to be okay. You, ha- you, when it comes to salvation, God is the initiator. The Holy Spirit draws our hearts. But when it comes to the promises of God, as it pertains to life on earth as a believer, we have to be the initiators. Amen. I know a lot of people don't like to hear that. A lot of people don't like to hear it. And a lot of people don't like to hear that there's the God side of things and there's the man side of things. We don't like, no, no, God, my God is a sovereign God. Yes, and in his sovereignty, he set it up this way. There's his side and there's our side. Don't you realize almost all, I can't think of one promise of God that doesn't start out with, if you do this, yeah. I'll do that. Conditional, if then, if this, then that. Yeah. Oh, I don't believe, well, don't, don't believe it. What can I tell you? I'll keep on believing it and I'll keep on seeing the manifestation of it. Amen. <laughs> you, you keep hoping. <laughs> all right, let's get back to this. Sorry. You want to read Hebrews 11.1? 1? I will. So it says Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and pastor would say, yet. Yet. Not seen yet. So according to the scripture, our faith, and I say our faith, so well, it came from God. Yes, it did. It came from God as a seed. He gave it to us and gave us not only the responsibility to be able to increase in faith, but also gave us the tools that we need to increase in faith. That's why faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, which we're going to get to. Okay? Now, faith, our faith gives substance to hope. 
Now, we start out in hope. But when we start out in hope, and if it doesn't develop faith, it only stays in the realm of hope. I remember many years ago when I was in the, my, my restaurant, my deli, whatever it was, it was a woman that uh, had gotten in a really bad, believer, believer, Lord Jesus Christ, born again, okay, going to church a whole bit. And she, had, she was involved in a really bad car accident, and it really messed her face up and everything. So she would come to my store, and I knew her before the accident, and obviously knew her afterwards. And, you know, she was, she was, I hadn't seen her for probably nine months, a year, because she was in rehab and reconstructive surgery and all this stuff. And she came in the store one day, and, uh, you know, I greeted her, said hello and everything. And I said to her, um, now, you know, I don't want to presume that nobody had ever prayed. You know, we, sometimes we presume, oh, I'm your savior, I'm the, I'm the Messiah, on the white horse. I, I didn't want to. So I said, I'm sure there's been other people that have prayed for you. I said, but would you mind if I pray for you? Um, I know that Jesus has said if we lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Amen? Remember the last chapter of Mark? Okay. And I said, but I want to ask you this question. You know, because Jesus asked that question. Uh, if I pray for you, do you believe that you'll be healed? Well, I hope so. That was it. All the air went out of the room. Now, watch this now. If she was an unbeliever, you could have used your faith. I could have used my faith. You understand what I'm saying? Because let's face it, Jesus used his faith for everybody that got healed. They weren't believers yet. There was no they weren't believers yet, but they had some faith. Okay, so um, I, I said to her, well, why don't we talk about some scriptures and, and stuff like that? But I saw it wasn't getting anywhere. She was convinced in her head that she had gotten as healed as she was going to get. Okay. You couldn't do anything with that. But I've had other situations, other situations, and it seemed like, especially back then in those days, I wasn't pastoring a church yet, uh, that we would see instantaneous results sometimes. Instantaneous results. Why? Because the person was in faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, that reminds me of... You've said it here multiple times about when Brother Hagen would do um, healing before he would pray, pray or lay hands on people. He would spend days previous teaching oh, yeah. the word. Yeah, when, they, when he would have healing crusades or healing uh, services, he would teach the whole week and then on Friday. Mm-hmm. And he would tell the people when they come, no, don't come up for prayer yet. Why? Because he wanted them get to the get word. their faith built up. The yeah. Right, get the word in them. So that they, and at the end of the week, then he would lay hands on them. And, that's, and for me, like the substance of things hoped for, and you've talked about this also, yeah. it's one thing to hope for things, but you can only have faith for, faith for things that are in the Word. Absolutely. And on top of that, there are things in the, in the Word that they may be promises, but you don't qualify for them for a reason or another. At that point. At that point in your life. Should we go there? You might as well. Go to, Gen- go to Genesis chapter 15. Uh, is anybody getting anything tonight? Uh, before we go into Genesis 15, does anybody have a question up until this point from what we talked about? Because we're going into a new, new area here. No, okay, good. Genesis chapter 15. Do you want to read it? Yep. Start at one or you want to go? No, start at one and then we'll go to okay. chapter 14. So Genesis 15, one. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Okay, stop there. Okay. What's the first, first few, few words there? No, 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 on top. Say it nice and loud, one, two, three. After these things. Stop. What things? What things? Chapter 14. So, to kind of paraphrase things for the sake of time, in chapter 14... Abram's nephew, Lot, had gotten kidnapped. It was a group of individuals, a group of kings with their armies came, captured Lot. And um, Abram hears about this. And so he's got to go rescue his nephew. All right? Where am I? Verse 14, chapter 14, 14. Now when Abram, now Abram heard that his brother which is really his nephew, was taken captive. He armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his own house, and he went in pursuit as far as Dan. Okay, that's a city in Israel. Okay. He wins the battle. 
with only 318 trains, just trained. So he didn't just take any schlep, he, yeah. he put the ones that were trained. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the very next thing that Abram does, now to get back to where he lived, from where the battle was, he has to pass by a city called Salem, which later on became, Jerusalem. right, Jeru, Jeru, Salem, okay? And there is a priest, and his name is Melchizedek. Really, Melchizedek is not a name, it's a title. Melech Zedek, Melech is king, Zedek is righteousness. So he's the king of righteousness, which some people say that it was Jesus pre-incarnate. Other people say it was one of Noah's grandsons or something like that. However it is, whoever it is, when we get to heaven, we'll find out. I got a feeling Jesus is going to go, it was me. <laughs> and Abram does something unusual. Now, he's, when, he, when you defeated a king back then, it's not like today, when, when, when the United States defeats another we go back then and spend $10 billion to rebuild, to rebuild it right now. Back then, you lost. They took all your stuff. Okay. So, um, so Abram takes all of the spoil, all of the treasures from these people that he defeated. Uh, he's coming. I mean, I mean, he had stuff. You know, he, it wasn't like he got rich from this battle. Mm -hmm. yes, he already was rich. Yes. So, but he took all of the stuff, and he's heading back, and he passed the Jerusalem, uh, what back then was called Salim. So, um, and he stops, and the, king, and the king comes out with bread and wine. That's why I think it's really Jesus, okay? He comes out with bread and wine, and he blesses Abram. And Abram, watch this now, takes 10% of all the riches that he got in this battle, and he gives it to Melchizedek, okay? Which is representative of what? The tithe. The tithe, okay? After this... What happens? Chapter 15, verse 1. Let's go back again. After these things, chapter 14. Go back. When you go home tonight, go read this, okay? So you can get the whole full measure of it. The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Now, I challenge you to go look this up in the original language. Because what God said to him in the original language was, I am your recompense. What we would say today, because we don't use that kind of language, God said to Abram, I'm your paymaster. In other words, Abram, from this point forward, you work for me. You're on my payroll. With all of my benefits, with all the pension plan for the future, he said, you work for me. Now watch this now. God called Abraham many years before. For us, it's in chapter 12. But when God called Abram in chapter 12, he didn't say, you work for me. He said, leave your family, leave everything that's familiar to you, you leave your country, and come to a place that I'm going to show you that you know not. You don't know yet. Now, that takes faith. Okay? So Abram... Does it? But at that point, God did not say to him, you work for me from now on. Why? Because Abram wasn't ready for it yet. And Abram didn't qualify yet. Why is it? What monumentous occasion or monumental, monumental occasion took place that triggered God to be able to say, now you work for me? Chapter 14. Chapter 14. And it was a matter of the heart. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Say, what? Well, does God's all knowing? Doesn't God know? Yeah, God knew, but Abraham didn't. God knows what you're capable of, but you're not yet. We qualify. I know this is bothering some people. Because some of us are going to go through life and never experience what we're supposed to because we never qualified. Now, we got born again. We're going to heaven. But salvation in our experience now on earth has more to do with our life here because we don't know what heaven's like. We don't know. We have to trust. But we do know that we don't need healing in heaven, that there's no giants in heaven. We don't need, there's no we giants, there's no mortgages in heaven, there's no car payments in heaven. 
There's no credit card bills in heaven. There's no medical insurance. Because by his stripes we're healed. But understand this. You could look at Abram's life and you see the track record of faith. And how many times you had to believe God for this thing and that thing, the other thing, that thing. And then finally you get to that trigger point where you cross over the threshold. And it's like God said, I knew you had it in you. Abram qualified for Genesis 15.1 because of what he did in Genesis 14. What is God requiring from you? And you know when you're in that kind of season because you feel the pull. You feel the pull. Maybe he's requiring more time spent. You, feel the, you literally feel the pull. You feel the pull. You feel like it's, it's stress, but it's good stress. Because God will put you in a position to get so disgusted that you'll finally take some action. You know, I, I've told this story plenty of times. When I was in Bible school, I was walking from one building to the other, and there was two girls walking behind my wife and I. And they were second-year students, so they were like, you know, we were first-year students. The second-year students were like, you know, there was God, Jesus, you know, and then Brother Hagen, and then the second-year students. And so uh, one of the one students said to the other student, you know, if it wasn't for Pharaoh, the Jews would still be in Egypt. Oh, wow. Why? Because sometimes we, we tolerate. We tolerate the slavery. We, we tolerate the addiction. We tolerate the habits. We tolerate the sin. We tolerate the poverty. We tolerate the, the pains and the aches. And, and all. We tolerate it all. Until it gets to the point where it's like, I got to do something. I can't live like this anymore. What, what is he requiring from you for the, for the next move? What's he requiring from you that he could say to you that the word of the Lord could come unto you and say, I'm your reward. I'm your recompense. I'm your paymaster. You work for me now. You listening to me? It requires faith. And the more faith that we operate in, the more God could do with us. The more God could do with us. You know, I look at just in this ministry here. 26 years ago, we didn't know what the heck we were doing, right, Pastor Pat? We didn't know what we were doing. We just had enough guts to go, hey, let's go start a church. We knew God was drawing us. We knew God was leading us. Who could have ever in a million years would have realized that it would turn out to be all this? And, and a lot of times, that faith, it's, it's obviously faith in God. Oh, my gosh. It has to be faith in God. But also, sometimes, the, the very practical side of that faith, of going through that season or getting to the provision that's there, is dealing with people. And a lot of the times it's submitting to people and hearing things that you don't want to hear yeah. that's going to allow you to, because you may be blind to it, you may have a blind spot, you may not yeah. see, and then you have to be able to receive the, the correction or the encouragement or anything else that, that, that God may be saying through somebody to us to get us to where we need to get to. Hallelujah. And you gotta walk through it by faith, Dana? So I'm trying to connect that, and you could tell me if it's on point or not, is that I know the faith, but how do we play? I feel like obedience plays in there, which is like the next level of the faith, because we could be faithful, but God is speaking to us and not necessarily walk it out. Well, then we're not being faithful. True. I know we don't like to hear that, but... So then that's, yeah, because the evidence of faithfulness is obedience. But you see, if you haven't developed a track record with God and seen his faithfulness, then we're hesitant to be obedient. Did, did you want to say anything else? Did, did that answer it? Did it help you? No, don't put the obedience in front of it. Well, yeah, actually, you need to put the obedience in front of it because you can't really walk in faith without being obedient. Right. You know, when Jesus put the mud in the guy's eyes and stuff like that, and he said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. It wasn't the mud that healed him. It was the fact that he went to the pool because Jesus told him to. If it was any of us, we would have stood there and went, I'm not going to go walk down the streets like this. Yeah. As they went. They Look at Naaman. The prophet said to Naaman, go jump in the river seven times. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Well, he didn't get healed until he jumped in the river seven times. It took obedience. Now, it, he had faith 
because he traveled all the way from Syria because his little servant girl said, oh, I wish you were in Israel. There's a prophet in Israel that would heal you. So he had some faith. But then when it came to the obedient part, what do you mean? And he said, I thought the prophet would come out and wave his hand over, you know, and I'd be healed. No, no, no. Takes faith, takes obedience. Go jump in the river. Jesus said to the man, go wash in the pool of Siloam. No, we don't, I, don't, I don't know how long that was. What if it was two miles away? He's with mud coming down his eyes, uh, spit and mud, and everybody going, look at this guy. Yeah, go show yourself to the priest. Right to the lepers. Go show. It took obedience. They had to go. They had to go. They had to, as they went. Right. Right. Pastor Pam has the mic, Carol, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get you. You said something. I'm not remembering what triggered it, but it, a story came to mind, and then it, it re- actually, when Dana said something, it reminded me of the thing that came up when you shared something. I don't know what you just said a few minutes ago, but it made me think about Abraham and how Abraham, when he sacrificed Isaac when he went to go sacrifice Isaac he took such a step of faith and if you notice in that scripture he said the Lord said to him now um, he, he recognized God as his provider God showed himself to Abraham as his provider and as we do take I think those steps of obedience you were talking about building a track record. We see the yeah. track record of God. Yes. And now he was able to see a facet of God that he never would have. And he wouldn't he have seen it had obeyed, he got to that point. Exactly. Had he not got to that point and obeyed God. Um, and saw but what did he say before they left? When they got to the mountain, what did he say? He said to his son, He said to the servants, you stay here. We're going to go worship God and come and back. Come back. The lad and I will come back. And the lad and I will come back. Yes. But it reminded me that when, you were, when we take that step of faith, like you're saying, how does God, what is God wanting you to respond with right, right now? We see a facet of God we never would have had an opportunity to, and it really does build our faith. Is it possible that's why Paul said in his writings then when he wrote to the church in Philippi, that I may know him. In other words, I know him up until this point, but now there's another step of obedience that he needed to take. He wanted to know him from that point forward. Yeah, God can only reveal himself to us to the point of obedience. Carol? No, um, along the lines of what you were saying, it's God's part and there's our part, and it tied in with the obedience and what Pastor Pam is saying. When you knew God was calling you to pastor a church, you didn't just sit down and wait for a building to come around you. You met him We did what we could with what we had. You did what you had to do with what you had to, to fulfill what you know God was calling you to do. And Someday we should do a service just talking about how we started. We but, had, can I talk about the Pillsbury thing? We should get pictures of that. What's that? We, we, had, we had nothing. We had a building. We had a school to use. Um, we had to use their chairs. We had to use their pulpit. Um, I think we rented the sound system. We couldn't afford to buy one, not at that point in time. And uh, we said, well, we, we, we're going to have a full children's church. We had a flannel board. Does anybody remember the flannel boards with the little characters that you put on them? That was like a big, oh, my gosh. We bought that. We were like, oh, man, we, we got like the on-fire children's church. <laughs> and so, but how are we going to advertise that we have a children's? What, what are we going to have outside the school building right here on Drum Point Road? Her dad, those of you that know my Uncle Tommy, had found this big four or five foot tall Pillsbury Doughboy, a styrofoam one. And we go, okay, what are we going to do with this thing? I said, I got an idea. I went and took our graduation gown from Bible school. It was red, cut it up, pinned it on this styrofoam to make it look like a clown or something like that and put a thing in, and then put all this lipstick on the things and my who was it was it Michael or one of the kids walked in and goes dad it looks like a prostitute (laughs) 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 and that's what we had in front of the children's classroom when you walked in the (laughs) 
But we did the best of what we had, and we did it in faith, and we did believe in God, that God was going to honor it, and, and then other stuff would be added to it. And that's because right here, right? Because faith is the ability to see a provision from God that exists only in a spiritual realm. Absolutely. The invisible to the human eye, but very visible, visible to the born-again spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of times it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Go there and the raven will feed you. Go right. there and the widow will feed you. Right. What do you mean a raven? And the widow's like, that's just about enough flour for me and my kid. You want me to feed you? <laughs> but she did. Yes, sir. We got a question back there. Hold on. Hold on. Let the mic get to you. Was the church here when you started? Not in this building, no. We started at the Drum Point Road School there. We were there for about six months, and then we went from there to the um, primary learning center on Chambers Ridge Road. Then from the primary learning center, we went to the high school right after 911. And then by that point in time, we opened up the teen center here while we were still meeting in the schools. We opened up the center here for the teenagers. At that time, we'd see 75, 100 teenagers come out, and many of those teenagers received Christ. And then eventually we started using this uh, on the weekend for service, on Sunday for service, and then during the week as a teen center. But as we went, God added to it. God added to it. What caught my eye was the thrift shop. That's how I started coming. Yeah. Well, the thrift shop exists to support the food pantry. Whatever we make there goes to support the food pantry. Thank you. That was another provision from God. So... Anybody else question? It's all about faith, people, please. It's all about faith. It's all about faith. It's how we get in, that's how we live, and that's it. Amen? Amen. What do you want to do now? I just keep looking at the screen because it says essential faith. Every day. And it is essential. And, and I had said this last week to Pastor after the service. God says, I'm the great I am. Not the great I was, not the great I'm going to be. He's the great I am. And faith is now. And it's something we need to do every single day. I can't rest on yesterday's faith for today. You can build on it. Build on it, yeah. You know, you realize in the Bible, in the Old Testament, every time Israel had to fight a battle, God gave them different instructions. Mm-hmm. Remember what story with Gideon? He said, no, no, if I let you go out with all these people, you're going to think you, you won this battle. Send all these people home. And he whittled them down to 300 guys. That's faith. That's faith. Every day we have opportunities to live by faith. I'm sure there's many of us in this room right now that have needs. Some of them are long-term. You've been waiting for the, for the miracle or waiting for the provision to come for decades. Some, it's very, very recent that you're needing. I'm telling you, trust God. Well, how do I do that? How do I do that? How do, I, how do I get my trust to, to translate into faith? I don't know what your situation is that you're going through right now, but just find out what God has said about your situation. Well, Pastor, I went to the doctor, and, you know, it doesn't look good. He told me I have this situation, that condition, this, you know, this disease, this whatever it is. Well, go find out what God said about healing. Don't, don't stumble around and go, well, maybe God will heal me. Maybe no, go find out what he said. If there's any area in the scriptures where he's talked a lot about what his will is, it's healing. And understand that your healing as a believer is not in your future. It's in your past. What? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 53 that all of our sickness, our pains, our, our, our sufferings, God put on Jesus at the cross, and by his stripes we are healed. Now, on the other side of the cross, when Jesus actually went to the cross and literally took upon himself all the diseases of mankind, so it says that they didn't, he didn't even look like a human. His own disciples that were with him day and night for three years didn't recognize him. Why? Because all of that sickness and stuff came on him. Peter gets a hold of this and later on writes to the church, 1 Peter 2, 24, and by his stripes we were healed were healed. Peter got that revelation. Why? Because when Isaiah wrote it, Isaiah's looking forward to the cross. Peter, when he wrote his letter, he's looking back on the cross. 
It's all at the cross. Why? Because when you receive salvation, you not only receive deliverance from going to hell, you not only receive access from heaven, you not only receive reconciliation with God, our Father, our Creator, we also receive all of the benefits that Christ purchased at the cross. So, well, how do I receive it, Pastor? Go look for the promises and then thank God for them. Father, I thank you that your word says that by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. Okay? It's Psalm 103, first couple of verses. Bless the Lord on my soul and forget not his benefits. Bless the Lord on my soul who, who forgives all of our iniquities. Now, iniquity is when you have a, like a, certain families have a tendency towards a certain sin. That's iniquity. There's a bent for that. He said he heals that. And he heals all of our sicknesses. So you start reading all these scriptures and your faith gets built up. And then you receive your healing. You don't look for it. Well, someday, I know someday God's going to heal me. No, 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 that's not scriptural. No more than you would say, well, I know someday Jesus is going to go to the cross and pay for my sins. No, no, no. He went to the cross 2,000 years ago and paid for our sins. When you receive salvation, it's based on what happened back then. Well, everything else we receive is based on what happened back then. Amen. You got that? Yes. And one of the things you've, you've said repeatedly here is, it's one thing to read the word, but faith comes by hearing. And you had said many times, when you read the word, say it out loud to yourself as you read. So your ears hear you reading That's the word. God, God made us that way. There's something that happens when we hear our own voice say what God says. It triggers something. Yeah. It triggers something. I think that has to do, goes way back to salvation. When we hear ourselves. I remember the night that I got born again. Man, as I'm speaking those words that the pastor was having me repeat, all of a sudden, I, it was like lightning was going through me. But it wasn't because I heard him. It was because I heard me right. saying what he said, that I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe he's the son of God. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that he rose again from the dead. And what happens? Bam, you receive salvation. Your spirit comes alive unto God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. This is the time in the service when you, feel, you, you realize faith is building up in people. Amen. Faith is building up in people. Now, now I, I got this impression before we came up here, and I hesitated a little bit. Um, that there were people in here tonight that came here with very heavy, heavy weight on them. I'm not talking about physical weight. I'm talking about emotional, burdened, very worried, very depressed and down. Okay? We're going to dismiss. If you fall into that category, come up here. We'll pray for you. Amen? Amen. If you need prayer for anything else, come up here. There'll be people that will pray for you. Amen? Let's pray before you go. Father, thank you so much, God. You said that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Lord, we can honestly say with all confidence, we're leaving different tonight. We're leaving different tonight. There's an impartation that's taking place. There is a lifting up that's taking place. Father, there's those that have received clarity tonight. Father, there's those that have received an impartation, Father God, that's causing faith to rise up in the hearts of individuals in this room tonight. Thank you for your goodness, Father. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the power of the word of God that you've given unto us, Lord. We bless you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you need prayer, come on up.